Welcome to The Wild Photographer with Court Whalen. Greetings, folks. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, a pretty pesky little topic, one that a lot of photographers have to deal with, especially if you're into tra uh, travel and wildlife photography. That's about your lens fogging in tropical environments. There's nothing more aggravating than coming outside your jungle lodge room or your hotel room, uh, seeing some awesome howler monkeys in the trees of Costa Rica, uh, taking your lens cap off, starting to shoot, and instantly seeing just a ton of condensation, a ton of fog in the tip of your lens. Not good. Um, so today's episode is about how to prevent that. What's the deal with it? Why does it occur? And how do we avoid that going on into the future? So first things first, why does it get foggy? Why is this an issue? What's happening? Well, I often, um, to my photography groups, pose an analogy or present an analogy to them of kind of like when you take a cold Coke can out of the cooler, you're at the beach, you're on a boat, or you're in some sort of, you know, warm, maybe like a semi-tropical environment. I'm thinking like Florida, like a humid place, a humid, warm environment. That cold Coke can is coming into contact with the warm air and particularly the moisture in that warm air and condensing it onto the surface of the can. So what happens is you have warm, humid air that has water in that air. It's gaseous water. Um, when you have a cold surface, you're hypercooling that warm, humid air, that gaseous water. And uh, go back to, you know, 10th grade physics class, what happens when you cool a gas? Well, it turns into its liquid state. So what you're doing is you're creating liquid water by cooling it with this hypercool surface, which is the aluminum Coke can or whatever kind of thing you're using. So that's what's happening, but it's your camera, it's your lens. Your lens, usually this is some sort of hard metal surface or really hard plastic, something dense, something heavy, something has a lot of mass to it. Um, and what typically happens is you're in some sort of awesome jungle lodge in the world. A lot of these now have air conditioning. It's hot, it's humid outside. So you crank that thing down, you know, to, to cooler than the outside. And at night, that lens is sitting inside your hotel room or your jungle lodge room, whatever, and it's cooling off for six, seven, eight, nine hours, however long it's been, been back in the room since the last time you got back from, you know, your afternoon excursion the day before, from dinner the night before, whatever. In other words, it's had a lot of time to cool off, so it is the temperature of your room. If you have your temperature of your room set at 65 degrees, please don't do that for the environment's sake. Um, if you had it at 65 and you're going to go outside and it's 90 degrees the next morning in Borneo or Costa Rica or Kenya, wherever you're at, whatever jungle, um, it, you're, you're not going to do real well with condensation. It's going to condense. It's going to be foggy really, really quickly. So what do we do about that? Well, simply put, what we want to do is we want to minimize that threshold. We want to somehow not get your camera to be shocked from a cold environment to a hot, humid environment that has a lot of gaseous water in it, basically. Um, so limiting that, that shock, that exposure, is really all about time and gradually acclimating your camera to the environment. What you don't want to do is you don't want to leave your cooled room camera around neck, lens cap off into that warm, humid air all in one fell swoop. Anything you can do to slow that down is only going to be a step in the right direction. But for best practices, my number one way to do it, well, I have a, a few different number ones, but kind of my go-to process is if I, if I get to some jungle lodge, some tropical environment of the world, and I can kind of sense this to be a problem. Remember, I've had a lot of years experience in this, so I can kind of sense it. 
you should probably just go with the cautious approach first and foremost. But if, I, if I'm going to sense it, I'm going to go with that cautious approach the next morning. Uh, and here's what it is. First things first, I'm going to try, if I can, while I'm getting ready in the morning, maybe I've made some coffee in the room, maybe I'm jumping in the shower or I'm processing images from the night before. I'm going to try to have my camera in the bag with lens cap on uh, in my camera bag. And I'm just going to put it on my patio or on my porch. Uh, probably unzipped and probably like a bit open. Um, I have a camera bag where essentially the whole back of the backpack flips open. Um, I'll actually open that, not not completely flopped open, but I'll kind of prop it open. Maybe like put one of my lenses standing up in its case, standing up a little bit. Essentially what I'm trying to do is expose it to the air, but not all in one fell swoop. Maybe if you have a backpack, like a top zipping backpack, just zip open that backpack and don't rearrange your stuff. Just let that air slowly seep in. And what it'll do is it'll get that whole backpack and the camera gear in it to start to warm up gradually. As you can imagine, if you just zip it open a little bit, it's going to be pretty slow. You better have it out there for an hour. If you open it entirely, it might be too fast and you might start to condense on the camera itself um, without actually mitigating the situation. So you kind of have to find that happy middle. Usually to me, it's just like a halfway, I'm kind of doing air quotes right now, a halfway open scenario, not too fast, not too slow, and aiming for about 20 to 30 minutes. The other thing I'll do um, is I, I'm really cognizant of, frankly, what temperature I keep my room at. Not just because of camera stuff, but also because of environmental. I don't want to use a ton of energy at some of these remote jungle lodges, but also for my own acclimatization. Like I actually, I've done trips where, you know, these, these fancy hotels just automatically set the room at like 60 degrees. It probably never gets there, but the air conditioning is just cranking. And I get in there, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm refreshed, but I'm almost cold. And I've learned over the years that if you're going to spend a lot of time in the tropics, you, you better do what the locals do and you better get acclimated yourself pretty quickly or else you're gonna be miserable uh, pretty much every day when you're out on those trails sweating in the crazy humidity so yeah I, I actually crank my air conditioning up quite a bit I might get it you know 78 80 82 maybe even completely off um yeah I'm really cognizant of keeping my room not frigid cold and that does it your camera is going to work so so much better you know we all keep our homes at 78 degrees at home in the summer at least that's kind of what I do um, there's no reason why you can't do that in the dense humid jungle. Uh, and because of that that contrast and that juxtaposition, like 80 degrees in cool and in, in, uh, 80 degrees and dry in your hotel room is gonna feel so much more dramatically better than the 95 degrees and humid outside that you know I get away with a lot hotter or you know warmer than I would even at home in general. So that's one of the first things I do. Another common issue is, you know, you're going to be leaving your hotel room, but you're going to be going to another building where you might be getting a briefing for the morning. Uh, you might be having breakfast and that might be air conditioned as well. Usually it's actually not the case. Usually those are open air, which is great. I love that. But if I'm going from one air conditioned room uh, to another and I've acclimatized my camera in between, you really shouldn't take it back into another air conditioned room. That also goes for vehicles, believe it or not. Um, so if you're driving in, in the lodge's van or in your safari outfitter's van from the lodge to the trailhead, if it's 15 minutes and they turn on the air conditioning, whatever, not a big deal. Keep your camera in the case, but it's not going to, it's not going to change temperatures that quickly with just a car's air conditioning system. However, if it's like a half day trick, if you're driving a big distance, you know, hour and a half, two, three hours, you might have to acclimatize your camera once again, but by having it zipped up 
closed in your bag, that's going to be your absolute best defense. But in those cases where I do have to go to a, a central lodge area for breakfast and they air condition it, I will actually keep my bag, my backpack, my camera bag outside just in the breezeway, in the hallway, maybe on the patio, on the porch, somewhere where I can see it, and I don't let it cool off again, even if it's just a quick 15, 20-minute breakfast. It's better just to be on the safe side. I can't stress enough how annoying it is. The first thing you see on a hike, even you know, starting at the lodge, you know, behind the lodge and the hiking trails, the first thing you see is just some awesome, perfectly positioned howler monkey, keel build toucan, something just amazing, and you can't do anything about it because your camera won't stop fogging. Don't let that happen to you. Play the cautious route. So I wanted to talk about a couple other techniques. Uh, everything I've talked about so far is all my go-to process. That That is my standard. But I want to talk about some other things that I've seen or heard over the years just to do my due diligence on this topic. Well, one is kind of a, a, an augmentation of what I described earlier. A lot of hardcore photographers will not air condition their room. They'll just turn it off completely. They'll swing the doors open. They'll make sure that where their camera is spending the night is the same humidity, the same temperature as where it's going to be working during the day. Frankly, it's a bit of a martyrdom situation there, but it is the the most foolproof way to make it work. You do that and you're golden. You don't have to acclimate because your camera is always acclimated. Another technique I've heard is photographers will actually, you know, if they do have an air conditioned room or they want to keep it a little bit cooler than outside, they might keep their camera bag on their porch or on their patio all night, you know, in their camera bag. Just never bring your camera inside. You might sleep in comfort in the air conditioning, uh, but your camera doesn't. I like that too. You know, my, my problem with both these scenarios is that it has actually, it's a pretty good idea to let your camera dry out a little bit. If you're in really, really humid environments and you're letting your room or your camera in any way, shape or form be as humid as the environment, and it's like that for days and maybe even like a week or more, um, you do run the risk of it never drying out and developing fungus. Uh, believe it or not, that can be an issue. So I like to actually have my camera out of the elements, even if it's just minor, but I like to have it out of the elements in a room, slightly climate controlled or at least under a roof, just to let it dry out a little bit. I think that preserves the life of the camera, it uh, less risk of it malfunctioning during the day. That's my go-to. So I, I like these ideas. They are steadfast. They are the purest way, but there are minor risks to them. Um, I've also heard of people putting their cameras in plastic bags as a, an in-between step between taking their camera outside into the elements from their hotel room. I don't personally do this, so I, I try to go as zero waste as possible when I am on assignment, when I'm leading a trip, when I'm traveling, you know, period, in, in my way. So I don't like the the use of disposable plastic bags. I suppose I could use one of my multi-time, multi-use dry bags, like these nylon dry bags. Um, but frankly, I've never really needed. I view, th I view this as just one more step in the process. I've always been just fine. And I go to some really humid places, folks. I've always been just fine with this in-between backpack step. I haven't really seen a big advantage to the Ziploc bag in my travels. And I I've done a lot in different environments. And at, you know, worst case scenario, that bag is such a good insulator, such a good protector that it doesn't allow it to acclimate to the humidity. So when you do finally crack it open, finally ready for use, all that warm humid air just rushes in and it it's a moot point. So I try not to let that happen. My last case scenario is, and I actually have employed this a number of times on my own, not proud of it, but it's because I forget or I, I don't follow my own advice and techniques is if I am outside, I take that lens cap off too fast and it fogs up, 
my go-to is, is not to just, you know, put the camera lid back on or the camera, um, the lens cap back on and put it back in my backpack. That <laughs> won't make the problem go away. You've already done uh, the dirty deed. Uh, it's already foggy. I'm gonna take a clean lens cloth and start wiping the glass. One wipe, one pass, and it's gonna fog up right again. So what I'm actually doing is not necessarily cleaning the fog off, I'm actually using the friction. I'm, I'm doing a circular motion around my lens, and I'm letting that small friction between the lens cloth, the clean lens cloth, and my glass um, warm up my lens just a little bit. That usually does the trick. I often have to do that for like two to five minutes. So it's not real great. It, will often make me miss a photographic opportunity, so I try to avoid it, but it is a last case scenario, fail safe option. So in the end, uh, you, you now know the cause. You understand that it's the rapid transition from a cold camera to a warm, humid environment. Uh, you wanna minimize that in any way you possibly can. The more you do this kind of stuff, the more you spend time in the tropics, the more expeditions you take, photo adventures you take, you're gonna understand where your thresholds are. You're, you're gonna understand, oh gosh, this is way too humid of an environment, this is way too cold of a room, and you can make small tweaks, little changes that don't necessitate all the big processes, all that major thinking ahead, keeping your camera outside, with the, you know, putting your camera out in a veranda at night, you know, all these crazy things. So fortunately, there are a lot of places in the tropics where you don't need to take these extremes, just some of the smaller stuff, maybe maybe just little techniques like just keep your lens cap on. You know, go outside and don't take your lens cap off right away. Keep your lens cap on the entire time until you absolutely have to take that photo. This is often the case when I'm hitting a trail, I'm getting out of a car, it's air conditioned, I've been in there for an hour and a half, we're driving to the trailhead of some volcano in Costa Rica, and... Yeah, it's kind of a cool shot right outside the, the car door, but I know I'm going to be back at that car for a shot later. I'm going to I'm going to keep that lens cap on my camera until I see that that pack of quaddy. Uh, I'm going to see that howler monkey. I'm going to see that beautiful tree iguana. Chances are that's going to be five or ten minutes from the trailhead. That's enough time that my camera can acclimate without all the other steps just by keeping the lens cap on. Yes, that means some of the condensation will form on the edge of your camera. That's not anywhere near as serious as your lens tip itself, the actual glass. So just little tricks like that can actually work in a lot of cases. So folks, if you're headed to the tropics, amazing. Good for you. I'm jealous. Uh, you're going to have a fantastic time. There's so much to see, so much to photograph, big and small. Make sure when you get there, follow the right techniques, bring the right gear, and shoot out of a really clear lens. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.